the latest news coming out of the Vatican, which has stirred international headlines. Uh, There's this attempt in our culture today to try and make something impossible happen. And that thing is what you're probably hearing as claimed to have occurred in mainstream media. That is, the church has changed its teaching and that people who are in same-sex relationships, quote, gay relationships, can now get married in the church or have their marriage blessed by the church. And so today, to give some clarification distinction, the Vatican released a really important document on the meaning of blessings, what it means to give and receive a blessing and diving historically into the biblical tradition of blessing. So I might go up to father and say, may I have a blessing? I'm getting ready to come on the radio show. Can you please bless me? Pray for me uh, that I might only speak the words that our Lord has in store and only his teaching. Uh, A baby Often priests love to bless babies or when a priest is first ordained, the tradition of the church is that after the priest is ordained, he has a very special blessing that he can impart for the first year of his priesthood. And it's highly encouraged within the church that if you know a brand new priest, that you ask him to impart his new blessing as a priest upon you. And so we'll dive into a little bit of the theology of blessing, but here's what happened. In this document, it was really taking up this issue from the dicaster of the doctrine of faith at the Vatican of blessings for same-sex unions. And the confusing headline is that these unions are blessed when the point in fact of the matter is that everyone can receive a blessing and that people who are in adverse lifestyles, even contrary to what the Catholic Church teaches, can actually receive a blessing. But the mainstream headlines are claiming the idea that if people are in a same-sex union, quote, according to the culture, a same-sex marriage, that they can be blessed by, that that union can be blessed by the church. That's completely contrary to what the document teaches. I've dove in, I've read the whole document, highlighted pieces that we can discuss and dive into. And joining me now is licensed marriage and family therapist, Michael Gasparo. He has also read the document. We're going to shed some light and clarification on a topic that is pretty serious. And I think there's a lot of negligence on the part of mainstream media. And one, just understanding what a sacrament versus a blessing is, Michael, and also Mm -hmm. trying to change what the church teaches and the perception of the eyes of the world. Welcome to trending. Thanks. And I think it's really important when we start any conversation like this, which can be such a divisive, polarizing topic, to keep in mind this idea that God is one. And that when we speak about things, in my opinion, as lay people in the church, but even in the hopes of how the leaders would speak about things, would be in a way that orients us towards unity as a church, as opposed towards heightening polarization. And I think that principle is really important because God longs for us to be one and not to be in these like scattered corners of the faith. Mm, Yes. And the document's really clear. It actually, I thoroughly enjoyed reading the document because it provided clarity as sometimes even priests within the church have a hard time distinguishing um, how they can navigate this topic. And so let's just dive in a little bit. It's really clear in the document that that the declaration of the church, and this is what's I think maybe startling people, is that this is referred to as a declaration, a declaration on the specific topic of blessing same-sex 
unions or same sex people who are in same sex relationships and and irregular people are th- other irregular and, situations too which could be like yes. divorced and remarried catholics and things like that Exactly, exactly. And so in these situations, the document specifically addressing this topic, it's been a topic that has been, I think, up for debate over the last two years in the mainstream media as they lack the understanding that the sacraments of the church can't change. So I think a good starting point is to distinguish between a sacrament and a blessing. Anyone can receive a blessing. A blessing can be given to someone uh, by a priest. We could even bless each other. For example, the authority, especially of the father of the home, to bless his children has always been a huge part of biblical tradition, both Old Testament and New. Uh, But we can also bless the Lord. For example, the document refers to sacred scripture. For example, Psalm 103, where we read, Bless the Lord my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, or reading the words of the mm-hmm. psalmist David and praising and blessing God. Or in Numbers chapter six, we read, May the Lord bless you and keep you. This is a priestly blessing being imparted. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift you up in his countenance and upon you and give you peace. I love these prayers of blessing, but it shows that there are different types of blessings that people can receive, which is radically different from a sacrament, such as Holy Communion, Holy Orders, the sacrament only made possible between one man, one woman marriage, which the teaching document very much so clarifies. And this also even going beyond just saying within the sacraments, but this document is talking about a blessing given by a priest outside of the rites prescribed by the liturgical books as well. So this is not even meant to be done in any kind of ritualized format. Um, as the document says, this blessing should never be imparted in concurrence with the ceremonies of a civil union and not even in connection with them, nor can it be performed with any clothing, gestures, or words that are proper to a wedding. And the same applies when the blessing is requested by a same-sex couple. And it's saying that either a same-sex couple or an irregular marriage, those are the to terms. And, and I think it's also, I love the discussion around blessing and just sort of defining our terms because we all seek blessing from God and seek to bless God in return and bless our fellow man. And that aspect of the spiritual life of, of invoking God's blessing or seeking God's blessing for ourselves is a beautiful anchor point for this conversation. Here's the bottom line. The church calls priests to bless people, not sin. And I think that if you were to take one thing away from the confusion of the headlines, the church blesses people. And the document, as you mentioned, and I'll just reiterate what you said, because I think that's really key. The priests are being told, this is really a document for the priests, to impart blessings. And Pope Francis in this Vatican document very clearly emphasizes, we don't want a simple blessing to be taken out of context. We don't want it to become some formal thing that is given. People come up all the time to priests and say, oh, Father, will you bless me? People in in airports, when you run into a priest, I've done it in an airport. Uh, When they're traveling, when they're on pilgrimage, when they come to a priest because they're struggling with something. I've had family members who are in unhealthy situations in life, maybe an addictive situation. Father, can you please pray for this person? And Father can impart his blessing. It's not a a condoning of an addictive lifestyle. It's praying for God's grace to intervene. And God willing, the person who is receiving the blessing is wanting to conform his or her life to the church and is asking for God's mercy and grace to help do so. 
Well, yeah, and that's a really important aspect of this. So a lot of what we're going to unpack here is what are the confusing aspects of this based on media reporting? Because I don't think the document's actually very confusing. I just think the Not way people comment on the media and some of the media stories, they tend to ask people who are extremely polarized in one way or the other. For instance, when they ask people who really want the church to change its moral teachings on same-sex unions, they take this and they run with it to make it seem like it's a bigger shift than it is. And when they have, they interview people who really don't like Pope Francis, they try to use this as a point of encouraging division and schism in the church. And I think that's why it's great that we're saying, hey guys, read listeners who care, read the document. It's not very long. It's about a 15-minute read. Um, but if you don't want to read it, just try to at least read between the lines of who's commenting on it and what is their perspective on the situation already. Because this is sort of revealing, it's telling how you respond if it's extreme, because the document itself, while it is not totally the same business as usual, it is not extreme. And so one of the things I want to unpack too, Timory, is what are some of the things that might be worthy of consideration that are distinct or maybe an advancement in our pastoral care for people in, in irregular marriages or in same-sex uh, unions. And one of the things that comes to mind too, Timory, is this especially important line. I hope you don't mind. I'd like to read another line here. It says, in this situation, in such cases, a blessing may be imparted that not only has an ascending value, but also involves the invocation of a blessing that descends from God upon those who, and this is really important, Timory, who, recognizing themselves to be destitute and in need of this help, do not claim a legitimation of their own status, but who beg that all that is true, good, and humanly valid in their lives and their relationships be enriched, healed, and elevated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, there's a lot in that line. In fact, I think that might be the most mm -hmm. business-as-usual and the most challenging aspect of this document, all in one line. The church is just being really clear here. We want to give blessings to people. God's mercy, God's blessing is there. This is not absolution and confession. This isn't the sacrament of matrimony. It's not any of those things. It's a blessing. And I think that significance is so key. And so when we come in and then see the church is saying, yeah, people in less than ideal in the eyes of the church situation everyone's invited. We're the church for the sinners, not just saints. You have to be a sinner to get to sainthood. And yes, unless you're the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so here there's this, as you're mentioning, that this does not legitimize anything in a person's life that is contrary to what the church teaches, but it's meant to be an enrichment of God's grace to help in healing and moving toward what God is calling all of us to and the blueprint for our lives and the same parameters that he sets for me, he sets for you as well. Yeah. And some people might say, well, how is that possible? You know, if they're in a same-sex union, clearly they don't agree with the church, and so they must only be seeking a legitimation of their own status by seeking a blessing at all. And maybe that's true for some people. I don't know all of men's hearts. And I would encourage priests and, and people of the ordained ministers of the, of the gospel that would be considering being in this position to make this blessing or give this or not, to really focus on that line. Is this couple that is coming before me, of does this two people who, who claim to be in a romantic relationship are they recognizing themselves in need of help from God? And are they not claiming, they do not claim a legitimation of their own status? And that is really important for a variety of reasons. But let me give you an example. I've worked with people 
who have come to therapy, Timory, and I have to be vague in my descriptions and change things slightly because we respect client confidentiality, but I know people and I've worked with people who are in unions with the same sex, but through a slow and gentle reversion have begun coming back to church. Okay, Mm -hmm. so they're starting to go back to church and they acknowledge that something is not right. Okay, I know I'm not supposed to be in this union with someone of the same sex, but maybe I feel stuck or, or maybe I'm in an addiction or maybe I don't fully, my heart isn't fully converted yet because part of me is clinging and has attached to this this old way of living. But here I am and I want to be here. And that is somebody that not the only type of person that comes to mind, but one kind of I want to paint like a vivid picture for people of the type of person who may very sincerely be seeking God's blessing on the union they're in when they realize it's less than ideal, but aren't yet able to totally renounce or revoke or move past the aspects of that relationship, which are unhealthy or sinful. And I'd also like to say, Timory, when people are seeking this blessing and acknowledging themselves to be in need of help from God, we should always meet them with compassion first. That should be the default. And this document says that a lot. It reiterates multiple times that people who acknowledge themselves humbly as sinners like everyone else, grace should be our initial reaction, not a measuring stick. Because anyone who shows even the slightest openness to the God of creation, who loves them infinitely more than we could ever love them, God will use that like a crack in the door to burst through with his mercy and love and continue to to gently and patiently and slowly move their hearts and minds. And I actually want to emphasize this even more because you don't know what that person's life has consisted of to lead to where they are and what it's Mm -hmm. taken for them and God to move in their lives to bring them back to at least being open to the church. And so we should water those seeds as best we can as members of of the body of Christ. In the actual document near the beginning, it says development and an innovative contribution. And these three words I think people are using to exploit what the document itself teaches. Because if you read all the way to the bottom, it actually clarifies that it's working to expand our understanding of what a blessing is. Now, you don't even have to be Catholic to receive a blessing from a priest. You could be a sinner. You could be a saint. I mean, There is such a strong, I think, clarification what a blessing is that honestly, this document shouldn't even be necessary. And you gave an example that I thought was really important because it's also talking about irregular situations that people can be in. And I remember growing up, there was a family who we had grown up with. Kids were peers of some of my younger siblings. And it ended up being that the mom of the family was Catholic. I had no idea. And we'd started seeing her at mass and she had years, years ago, fallen away from the church, come back in, got married outside of the church, had multiple children with the man who she was married to civilly, but not in the church. And she wanted to bring her marriage into the church, but her husband wasn't on the same page. Her husband didn't go to church. And so she was going to father asking for his blessing, going to receive the sacraments, but she was in an irregular situation that she was trying to keep her family intact. And while the church would call her to live chastely in that relationship while she's trying to keep her family intact and not engage in any intimate um, activity with someone who's not her husband in the eyes of the church, she was navigating a very complicated situation with the hope of bringing that 
seemingly marriage into the church. And so it gives situations such as these clarity and that this woman absolutely needs the blessings of the church. But just because she desires her marital situation to be married in the eyes of the church doesn't mean that it is so without the sacrament and the fullness of what it is. And in her case, it requires consent of her husband. And in the case of couples who are in same-sex relationships, that actually requires a man and a woman, not a man and a man, or vice versa with women. See kind of that clarification that I think sometimes we, we throw into marital situations, Michael, that I think gives a lot of clarity for people who are maybe trying to work through these situations. The thing that I would note that is, I think, probably an advancement in pastoral care is that the document acknowledges that if someone is in an irregular situation like the one you described or in a same-sex union, that they acknowledge that someone may have aspects of that relationship that are true, good, and humanly valid in their lives and that their relationships be enriched, healed, and elevated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. So the church is sort of saying like, we acknowledge that you're in a relationship of some kind with this other person and that there are aspects of it that are not sinful. And I think there was fear in the past that acknowledging any good within a regular situation of, of a married man and a woman who are you know, not married in the eyes of the church or in a same-sex union claiming to be in some kind of civil union or maybe legally in some kind of civil union, if, oh, if we you know, acknowledge any good between these two people, then somehow we're going to send them down the slippery slope of continuing that and never repenting from it. And I think this document does challenge us to see them where they are and also see potentially good aspects of God working through people in irregular situations. You know, somebody can be loving towards another person of the same sex. We know that through just healthy friendship, right? So those two people who are in a same-sex union may have aspects of their relationship that are friendship-oriented. But anything that is imitating marriage, leading towards marriage, sexual in nature, all of those aspects of the relationship that would be disordered or in the church's eyes clouded by sin, like this document says, mm -hmm. then that okay. aspect of the, the relationship is what we're asking the Holy Spirit to reveal. So right. the hope would be, I think this document highlights that by helping bring blessing to these people, you're actually bringing the Holy Spirit to help them have deeper conversion of heart away from the aspects of their relationships that are sinful. And the reality is, Timory, if it's a same-sex union, it can never be elevated to the status of marriage. It will never be able to because it's intrinsically disordered. But if there is an opposite-sex couple in an irregular situation, it could help move them towards legitimizing their marriage as a sacramental marriage. Or if it's a same-sex union, it could help move them towards separating the aspects and teasing out and undoing the knots of sin that are clouding that relationship and helping establish maybe one day a separation and better boundaries and a real authentic friendship, not based in disordered desires, etc. So clarifying, I love that you point to this almost perfectionist mindset where the church is saying, just like it has always said, and it isn't even, it's no development in what the church has taught. It's saying there's no changes. It's saying basically get over this perfectionist mindset of being unable to see the good in people and good, even that can come out in the midst of the situations, not that it's good, but that 
there's still good interactions people have. And I'll just give a brief example. I have had multiple family members and same-sex unions. In fact, same-sex unions that have lasted much longer than my own life and who were around us. And can I say that there was respect and there were loving interactions between them and also toward my family and others and that we enjoyed our time with them? Absolutely. And I think that that's the good that we're being encouraged to see while still recognizing these blessings can, as you're saying, Michael, reveal God willing through God's grace that the people are being open to God shedding light in those areas of those relationships that need to come into the church. If perhaps it's a union between a man and a woman that needs to be brought into their marriage, be brought into the church, or where severing of certain types of behaviors need to dissipate and there needs to be simply a friendship on the part of people who are in relationships with people of same sex that are entering into areas of intimacy that are only meant to be reserved for people within the context of marriage between a man and a wife, husband and wife. While there are lies, and even some people within the church are coming out with public statements, I can think of one priest in particular who claimed, and this is not true, he said, before I was forbidden to bless same-sex couples at all, and today, with some limitations, I can't. That's not true. And here's where the clarification is. A person can always be blessed, not the sin. This is not the sacrament of matrimony. And in fact, these blessings are not supposed to take place within the context of the liturgy, within the context of the mass or any type of liturgical celebration, such as the marriage rite. In fact, the document very clearly addresses the prudential judgment that needs to be used on the part of the priest in terms of the timing in which they will impart these blessings. And that specifically the pastor needs to use prudence and wisdom. I'll read directly from the document and quote, avoiding all serious forms of scandal and confusion among the faithful. And it goes on to say that these blessings should be simple. They should be in an effort to avoid scandal. So in other words, a couple should not be brought up in an irregular marital situation in the eyes of civil society, not in the eyes of the church. So when people aren't married in the church, for example, man and woman, when people who are man and man consider themselves married and are not in the church, not married in the church because they can't, for example, in the civil union, that these people should not be brought up, for example, in front of the whole congregation for a blessing. They shouldn't be brought up during mass for a blessing. These are things that should not occur because the document's clear. We should avoid all serious forms of scandal and confusion. And sex outside of marriage is still a sin. Sodomy is still a sin. Nothing has changed. And that's really key in this conversation because here the priests are being told to not go out offering blessings to irregular situations. So don't advertise these blessings to people and saying, hey, I'm blessing this type of situation. I'm blessing that type of situation. These are spontaneous, simple blessings where I could have a friend who is an addict and that person's living less than, uh, is not living a lifestyle that is in accord with moral behavior. And yet I can say, Father, can you please bless my friend? And the hope that the blessing imparted by the priest, giving grace to this person, that that may assist this person overcoming their addiction and healing. That's an example. And I'd like us to consider that in the same way when it comes to people in abnormal situations, when it comes to their sex lives. And that's what this is at the end of the day. But the mainstream media, as a part of the sexual revolution, wants to say these relationships are being blessed by the church, and therefore this this type of union is being blessed by the church. No, these people who, just like you and I, are sinners, 
are asking for blessings and they should be if we were to clarify it in a private type of situation, the document clarifies that these blessings should not come, uh, should not occur within the context of, or even within proximity to, let's say a civil union in the court. It should not show when these blessings occur. And again, they're not supposed to be these public blessings. They shouldn't include any type of clothing that you'd wear to a marriage or any type of gestures that would occur within the context of a wedding. And it should, again, be nowhere near a civil union. And so the church is really clear on this entire situation. Some people like to refer to it as a development or something innovative that's come out of the church. That language is really confusing because you can't innovate within theology. Sounds great and fun if you're an artist, but that's not what we do when it comes to the church's teaching. It's not possible. And that's what's so beautiful is that the Holy Spirit really is protecting at a point in human history when the world wants to say anything goes, love is love. The church is really protecting that we bless people, we don't bless sin, and that we call everyone to conversion. 